Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense, common knowledge, or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have uh, Edwin and Paul Deisinger. They're the founders of Seed Time, and we're going to talk about the uh, non-GMO seeds that they work with and what they do. So, Paul and Edwin, thank you for coming. Pleasure to be with you. Yes. Well, excellent. Well, if you would, if you wouldn't mind, tell me about uh, your background. It's great that you know your father and son and you work together. I think that's really cool. Um, so, how did this idea come about, and what's the background of the work? Well, my background is actually in in public health, but I and I got involved been farming late in life. My brother had started a, a small organic farm and invited me to join him. And uh, the idea was attractive to me. So we we did. And I guess Paul was in high school then. And so he he joined us uh, as a, you know, a major help on the farm, as well as doing his studies. And, and uh, so we did that for a number of years. And then Paul has always had an interest in technology and computers and all. And he, at one point, decided that he needed to do his own thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's one way to put it. So, yeah, so we, uh, so I worked with the family for multiple years on the family farm, like my dad just said. And then I really enjoyed teaching and I had done some web work. So I started teaching gardening online. I like branched off from the family business. And then through uh, years, we, we grew quite a number of students. We had a membership. Um, we did like training videos, walking people step-by-step through how to grow their own food. And through that whole experience, we it, it developed as we listened to the needs of our users. And as we thought about our own experience with farm ourselves, uh, we're like, there's got to be a better and easier way to plan your farm and or garden. In our particular case, kind of even more starting on the garden side. And so that's uh, kind of where Seed Time was birthed out of. Okay. And what's the premise of Seed Time? What's the company about? Yeah. So the premise is that we wanted to create a very simple way for people to easily visualize when to seed, when to transplant, when they can expect to harvest crops in their garden based on their current location. And, you know, one of the things that we found was difficult for a lot of people is just the whole pro- the planning process, trying to figure out what to do, when to do it in the garden. And so <laughs> it started kind of, we made this promise to our students, maybe a little bit rashly, that we would give them a week checklist of what they should be doing in their garden based on their location. And I think it was a bigger promise maybe than we <laughs> fully understood huh. at the beginning. And so, Wait, so, um, so you, you have, you created a, what a guide that tells someone every week what they should be doing in order to grow whatever they want to grow. Is it like right. a scheduling type thing? Yeah, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we made this That's promise good. and then we like, we're like, okay, we promised our students this and 
we started trying to figure out how we were going to deliver it. And they're just like all the other garden tools and stuff online weren't that much of a help. It was going to be like this major undertaking to do this for all of our students. And so the long story short is that we ended up like semi-hacking another calendar program we didn't actually hack them. I'll just make that clear. But it was, it, we worked with, together with them and they were very kind to us. And we were able to use their system to create like a very basic prototype where people could click on the crop they wanted to grow and it would just drop it into the calendar and it would tell them when to seed, when to transplant, when to harvest based on their location. There were some major limitations, like they couldn't move those plantings around. But it, it like when we launched that, like we've never seen gardeners so excited when we opened this up to our community and we we knew we were onto something. And from there, we we're like, Hey, we've really got to make this into our own app so that we can making it cool. better, make it where people could adjust it themselves. Can you specify like if you're growing in a greenhouse or outside in the dirt or in a wallapini or you know, different areas? Yes. To a certain extent we have on the app, you can set it up so that you're either outside or you're under one or two layers of protection and that will adjust your your timing a certain amount particularly in the fall and winter yeah and that's like especially for winter gardening so we have kind of a proprietary winter gardening algorithm it's actually kind of experimental right now but yeah it gives that opportunity to kind of specify the level of protection on your plants oh cool okay do you can people uh, choose hydroponics or aquaponics or soil you know or or different uh, substrates to grow in like what are a lot of the major factors that you can choose in the system to customize it to what you're doing? Yeah, so people can, we have people using it, growing in all different types. Like we have hydroponic users, we have people growing outside, we have people growing in pots. The main thing with seed time is custom, the main customizable things in seed time right now is setting it up for your location dash climate zone. So if you're growing in hydroponics inside, like you don't have any frost dates, right? You can grow, grow all year round growing under lights or whatever. And so you set up the calendar based on that climate situation and you can plan out your garden plantings where, or if you're growing outside where you're dealing with other factors like frost dates, or if you're growing in a hoop house or something, you can set up the calendar based on those climates and, and then you can work with it with planning your, your planting schedules. Does it um, integrate yet with um, like local weather, you know, 10 day forecast to warn people, oh, a freeze is coming, do X, Y, and Z so you don't, you know, lose your crop? We don't have that integration yet, but it is, uh, we're, we're planning on it. In fact, we're, we'd like to have a, a pretty, we'd like to have a weather app embedded in the, in the overall app. Yeah. So seed time is, it's, almost more than just like a garden planning app. Our vision is to create a suite of tools that seamlessly work together. So right now we have like the gardening calendar. We have a task list that automatically compiles. Like once you have your garden planned, then every week you just look at your task list and it follow, it follow what to do. It's kind of like following a recipe. We have a journal. One of our future ones is weather, like he, like was just mentioned. And our plan with weather is to have our its own weather dashboard where people can set up their own customizable alerts. Like maybe they don't just want a frost warning, but they want to be alerted when the temperature drops below 50 degrees or something like that. Or when yeah. the temperature goes over, you know, 90 or hundred degrees or, you know, you can. And then, you know, along you, with that. Do you tell people um, the temperature range in which to grow stuff and 
you know, I can, I'm, as, as you're talking, I'm thinking of all these things. Like, I know, let's say I'm growing tomatoes. You know, you could have pictures in the app like, oh, now it's time to take out the meristems or whatever they call it. You know, now it's going to be in the flowering stage and you should see the following. And now it's in this stage and you should see that like with, with pictures and it would be really cool. Or, oh, you're having a problem with your tomatoes or potatoes? Like look in our library on common diseases and what they look like to match it up, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I like those ideas. Yeah, we... Yeah, I mean, we're onto those kind of ideas. You you mentioned several that we hadn't thought of, which was great. <laughs> and we we well, good. Are, incorporate them and use them. Manja, take it. Yeah, yeah, no, we and we are actively we're actively soliciting input from our users as we go, and already um, user input has has colored what we're thinking and what we're doing actually yeah we had a bunch of people that said that hey we really want a way to track our seed inventory like the seed packets that we have on hand or have used and stuff like that and we had never we had, like that wasn't even on our radar so now we're going to build out an inventory section you know where people can track that what about if i have uh let's say i'm going to grow you know outdoors or indoors and i have like a hundred foot by three foot bed available and I choose the the things I want to grow, will it will it tell me, all right, based on the spacing, you could have 17 radishes and 20 tomatoes and five of this. And you know, does it does it also calculate that too with spacing and everything? Yeah, that's the plan. So right now we started out with a calendar, which is perhaps a little unique for garden planners. I feel like a lot of garden planners like start out with the layout of your garden where people mark out their layout. And uh we we kind of switched it up and we started with the calendar, giving people just a clear plan of what to do. And then what we are building next is a layout planner, which would do exactly what you just said, where they can lay out in their garden. Uh, they can like actually, you know, draw out their beds and then they can assign which cr- crop is going to grow where. And it would be able to tell them how many of that crop is going to grow there in that, in that space, et cetera, like you were just mentioning. But tie that back to the calendar so you could slide across your year and you could easily see what spaces are being used at any time of the year and what spaces are open. Um, so it would like sync with their calendar at the same time. Oh, very cool. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click on support us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. Hmm. Um, what about the uh, the amount of time the work should take? Like for each week, you know, you tell me do this, do that. Do you have a suggested amount of time to do it? And do you have like any videos on how to do it if I don't know how to do it? We, we don't make any time suggestions. I mean, that's kind of up to you. You have to know your situation and how, you know, how much time you think that's going to take you. And it, it, that, there are so many variables to that. But, it's extremely context-based. Yeah. <laughs> but we we do have videos, instructional videos for, for each task. You can click on the task in the calendar or in, on the task list, and 
we have instructions or suggestions of you know how we would suggest you you can do it what and, to do how to do yeah. it links over to video demonstrations showing how to do it cuz you know like i mentioned earlier we started where i started with the garden training side so i had built out this library of videos training videos so now we're like merging the two where you click on the task and it'll take you over to some of those training videos etc okay yeah, I just wondered if time would, you know, I know it depends on the context, but if I'm going to have a week where I have to do a lot of work and I want to plan for it, you know, what if the system warns me like, well, next week is harvesting and, you know, they usually take, uh, you know, at least five minutes per plant or something like that. So just prepare next week, you're going to have to probably spend, you know, four hours in your garden instead of 10 minutes because there's a lot more work to do. This yeah. might be a helpful planning tool, you know. I like it. I like your ideas, man. This is great. I'm good. Well, you know, like if I, again, if I'm gardening at home and I don't know, it's getting near to the holidays and I don't know, I'm growing stuff indoors. What if, uh, if I plant stuff and it's going to fall on Thanksgiving week where I'm supposed to have people in town or I just don't want to do the work, you know, maybe I should shift it. So it's a week later or a week before, I don't know. It just might help with people's planning schedules or, you know, uh, you're, you're four weeks out from the growing season. If you don't have seeds, make sure you order them you know, to get them in time, that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 We are trying to help people uh, with those kinds of things. And so, you know, with the calendar, for example, you can, you know, you know, you're going to be gone for a week or two weeks, you know, somewhere in the year, you can, you could try to set up your schedule so that you don't have anything significant happening during that time while you're gone. And another thing that I thought would be kind of neat would be to Maybe you're going to have a, you know, all the family over for a feast on on Thanksgiving. Well, you know, how about growing food for that? You know, you can actually plant and schedule so that you, you know, you're harvesting things right about that time so that you can have it available. Hmm. Okay. What about from a um, a crop rotation or a regenerative agriculture standpoint? If I grow X, Y, Z, you know, this year, will it suggest, you know, next year, don't grow that, grow this because the nitrogen is likely depleted or, hey, put in a cover crop of clover to put more nitrogen into the soil for next season. You know, otherwise, it looks like your soils may be depleted type thing. Yeah. So as we build out the layout, a portion of seed time, like we were talking about earlier, that's one of the things that we're planning to build into it is like crop rotation tracking dash, you know, where you could whether it's like hover over the bed and it will show you a history of like what's been grown in there in the past, what families have been grown in there in the past, um, possibly suggestions like you're saying of a, you might want to follow up with this type of plant or something like that. All of that is definitely on the table when it comes to kind of our, our future release of layout. Yeah. I guess another good one too, is if you knew either wholesale and or market prices for what you're growing and you were able to multiply it by the number of plants and the expected yield, you might be able to even, you know, plan out how much possible revenue there would be and then choose, all right, I'm going to grow this and I'm not going to grow that because it's too cheap this year, but I'll grow this instead. Yeah. One of the things that our users suggested is that we have like a little, a little, I don't know what you call it, little savings calculator or whatever, like, cha-ching, you know, you expected to save $500 with your garden this, this year, you know, based off of what they're growing. Um, but, you know, more in line with, with what you're talking about, you know, we have visions of building even more like farm integration tools uh, into the future. Uh, and 
you know, all of that would tie in with tracking expected revenue from crops and, you know, versus actual revenue and, and all of that kind of data and analytics uh, could definitely be built into it as well. So we we started this out with primary user in mind being the home gardener. And we've we've tried to make it fairly intuitive and um, with all the basic information you need so that you can be very, very green, you know, have no experience gardening. And, mm-hmm. and, and we can basically hold your hand using this app through the process. You can, you can, all the information is there that you need to know in order to grow a garden without knowing anything yeah. to start. But in addition to that, from the get-go, we've, we've had small farmers showing a real interest in this. And, and so we're, you know, we're, we've, we've added that on as a, so we, we're, our, our target group now is, is home gardeners, homesteaders, and, and small farmers. Hmm. Well, what, what about, um, I heard some plants you shouldn't grow together because they'll cross pollinate. And then some plants you need to let, you know, people need to know how to pollinate them. But I feel like I've heard, I guess, I think cucumbers and something else, they'll cross pollinate and kind of get messed up. So do you have that in the app too, of what not to grow together? Yeah. So what to grow and what not to grow together, oftentimes called like companion planting, et cetera. <laughs> that companion planting is one of the biggest requests that we've had. And, and we're definitely planning to include suggestions on that. Yeah. The cross-pollination issue itself is actually more typically for if you're saving seed, like it shouldn't mess up your, your crop the year of, um, but further further crops to get like if you're saving the seed and then you plant that seed and and grow it you can end up with a mixed up variety on the far side so yeah when it comes to seed saving we should definitely include like seed saving tips and and how far apart to plant those you know because if you're saving seeds from tomatoes like you need to know how far apart to plant the different varieties of tomatoes so that they're not cross-pollinating etc right i would like it to make seed to make the, the app seed saving friendly we might just have, you know, kind of a, a checklist of things that people would, you know, you're, you're growing tomatoes, you want to save the seeds. So, you know, here's some things to think about as you're setting out. And, you know, it's, it is seed saving is very specific, you know, for, for one crop, you need to think about, you know, X, Y, and Z, but for another crop, you don't need to worry about those things. You need to think about A, B, and C. So it is very crop specific. Yeah. And, you know, what percentage of your crop should you allocate to, you know, produce more seeds and let it go to seed for next year? That kind of thing. Exactly. I guess all that will be in the works. Yeah. And you need to you need to have a a certain population size if you want to maintain viable seed as well. You know, if you're. Oh, oh, because you can't get it just from one because not enough seed or not enough diversity of seed from different plants. not, Not enough diversity in the genetics. If you, if, if, if you don't have a, a large enough population that you're saving seed on, if you, if, and, and if you continue to save seed over a number of years, you'll, you'll have a, there's a term they, they use that's slipping my mind right now, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's like inbreeding. And, and so you'll, you'll begin to oh. lose significant traits. But, oh, okay. Interesting. So, the, so the, the seeds, the profile of the plants drifts over time. If you keep uh, planting, getting seeds, planting, getting seeds. Interesting. Yeah, if you don't have a large enough population. And again, for, for different 
crops, that population size is going to be different. For some, you'll have to have a large population. Other ones, it's not so important to have such a large, you can have a smaller population. Huh. Okay. So I guess certain characteristics have been bred into the plants that we eat. Will they, will they tend to go away if you just keep uh, you know, letting them go to seed and replanting them year after year? It, like, do things like revert to a more um, unadult, unadulterated state with certain plants? I mean, shift can happen with any, any yeah. variety over time. Yeah, and and again, it, it's because of because of of not having enough genetic diversity. You you started out with a small population, which limited your your genetics there, and so and and as you continue breeding and and saving, if you continue only growing a small population, you know each each time you'll be selecting a few of those that you're collecting seed on and and then out of the next generation again it's only a few that you're collecting seed on and and so over time just you know as a matter of course you'll be starting to drop certain traits like you know it could be you know disease resistance or a flavor or you know it i don't know leaf shape you know there there's so many different things that, but yeah, it could be affected. But the thing is, you, you'll you'll just have a, a smaller and smaller genetic pool that you're that you're working off of for that for the seed that you're saving. Okay, I, I believe the term is called inbreeding depression or something like that. Mm. Okay, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, what kind of feedback have you gotten from? you know, the farmers that you've been selling to, you know, the home growers, like how much has it helped them or how has it helped them? What are some good testimonials you've got? You know, it's been really exciting to see people's feedback jumping into to seed time. There's been a, a huge amount of positive uh, feedback, frankly, not a lot of negative, no. <laughs> hardly any, if any. I mean, you can go to Trustpilot and read our reviews there, but and I'd recommend looking at the negative ones first because they're they're really not picking anything, picking at anything with the app. It's it's other issues, peripheral things. So I'll just give an example. Like I just did a little interview with Jody, who was one of our C time users uh, recently, and she said that she was mm-hmm. able to plan plan her garden in 46 minutes. She said it probably saved her about two weeks of time trying to figure out what to do, when to wow. do it location, which is just really exciting to us because it's like, you know, uh, one of the interesting things is we're creating this app, but we're wanting to, which is technology, right? But we're wanting to create space in people's lives to actually be able to spend more time in the garden with their hands in the soil. And so to hear our users that it's actually saving them time. So they spend less time on the computer doing all of this research and all this kind of stuff. And they can just put together their plan and then and they can go out and do it. Lucy is an example of a small farmer. She she said that it cut her time in half. She went, she used to work all day, but now she just works in the morning and she uses the afternoon to do other stuff on her farm uh, or other stuff in her life. And I mean, that's to us that's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah. So this this uh this family of software is called what what do you call it? Uh, garden planning or what what's the type of software is it? Yeah, we would call it a garden farm dash farm planner. Uh, seed time is the you know is the actual name, and right now it's, right now it's a web app. 
and we're planning to build it out into like native phone and tablet apps as well. Um, yeah, I like to call it a, a planning and management app, a, a garden or farm planning and management, because it's it's beyond planning. Planning is okay. at the center of it. Yeah, no, that's really cool. This sounds like a, a huge time saver. Yeah. I guess there's other softwares out there, but so so what so far are you hearing from people that's that's unique that they really like about your software versus others? You know, in some ways it's kind of hard to compare. Uh, we don't know of anything yet on the market that's really similar to seed time in the way that, like I said, a lot of garden planners have started out with layout, like you map out your garden space and mm. there's hardly anything out there that actually puts your easily puts your garden onto a timeline calendar where you can see visually like, Oh, this is when I'm going to be seeding all of these things. This is when they're going to harvest where you can drag the harvest to where you want it. And it'll automatically show you like back, show you the seeding date uh, that you need yeah. to see to get the harvest at that time. Like that type of functionality just has not up until now that we know have been very easily available yeah. to to gardeners. So in some ways, it's kind of hard to compare with the other garden planners out there. There are other garden planners out there. And just our experience with using some of them was that they were just a little bit a little bit clunky, a little bit harder to what not extremely intuitive. And, you know, maybe you map out your garden and, but then like, was it actually making it easier to stay on track and, and actually saving you time in the gar garden and making it easier to garden. So that, that was our goal was to make in a nutshell, our goal is to make gardening and farming easier for people to lower the barrier of entry. There's so many people that want to grow their own food, especially with everything that's yeah. happening in the world right now. You know, we oh, want yeah. to make it as easy as possible for people to just get in there and be able to, you know, follow a recipe as it were, and just say, okay, yeah, these are, this is what you need to seed this week. Hey, make sure to check because you should probably be transplanting now, etc. I guess at some point, you know, you, you might be able to recommend certain vendors in the platform. I know the ethics of it and everything, but I'm sure people are going to want recommendations from vendors at some point. Uh, so maybe that'll be a consideration too. Yeah. You know, oh, I want to, I want to do hydroponics. What kind of light should I get? Which brands oh, yeah. are good? Which kind of seeds oh. should I use? Which kind of nutrients, you know? What kind of racks, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we, you know, if people ask us, we definitely freely share our thoughts on uh, the vendors that we've appreciated and, and experienced. And actually, just recently this year, we launched our own seed tour store inside Seed Time so people can get seeds from major, major vendors like High Mowing Organic Seeds and True Leaf Market and stuff. And we expect to see more of those coming directly into Seed Time so people can just purchase their seeds right there. Do you guys have a uh, microgreens module for people that want to do that? Yeah, interesting that you asked. We we have a microgreens training where oh. I walk people through how to grow their own microgreens uh, at home. And we are planning to create, we don't have microgreens schedules like built out into the calendar yet, but that's something that we're going to be adding. Hurry up and add these 500 features we just discussed. Just I know. <laughs> I know you, can't, you can't do everything, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff to do. It's great. Um, is it a uh, what's the subscription? Is it a subscription or a one-time fee, or what's the pricing and everything look like? Yeah, we have a free level that it's like an entry level that anyone can sign up with. Like we really want anyone, everyone, to be able to start growing their own food. Um, we know a lot of the people that you know, especially when times get hard. A lot of the people that really need this don't have finances for it. So 
Yeah. So it's our goal is to really help people as much as possible. So obviously we have to make a living as well. You know, it costs money to build this. Right. As well. So there are up um there are options for people to upgrade and we have subscription levels right now at the time of this podcast we're still in early private beta and we do offer a limited time people can jump in with a lifetime account but there are there are subscription levels that people get and basically it's based off of how many crops they're growing in their garden so as their garden grows then you know they can upgrade to fit the size of their garden hmm. okay so we um when will you open it up for the uh, public to be able to buy or can people still um, request to be part of the beta? Like where can people go to follow up with you and find out more? Yeah. So we'll share with you, or I shared with you guys a link that um, you're welcome to put with this uh, podcast where they can jump in, in our private beta. Like we'll go ahead and invite your users to come on in. That's our gift to you guys. Um, oh, cool. It'll be a private invitation link. And then, I mean, when we go public, it'll just go switch over to the public public link. But that's the best way to get in right now. Otherwise, if you go to our website, it will you'll join a waiting list. So use the link through the through here. Okay. Well, very good. This is a great product you guys are working on. And uh, yeah, it's definitely gonna help, you know, with uh possible food shortages and uh, you know, all these big problems with supply chains. So thank you you guys for uh, for what you've created. It's very cool and Thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, appreciate you having us on and it's our joy to serve. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.